This episode is brought to you by Greg Morris Cards, one of the largest sports card sellers on the planet. Greg sells over 80,000 vintage and modern cards every month, including basketball, football, baseball, hockey, all sports really, and even some non-sports cards too. On top of that, every raw card receives the same hand grading that collectors have put their trust in for over 15 years. What are you waiting for? Head on over to gregmorriscards.com auctions and check it out for yourself. What's up, everyone? This is episode 196 of the Wax Museum podcast, where I talk about all things basketball cards from past to present to future. This is your host, Kyle. And as always, you guys can find me throughout the week on social media. My Instagram is at Wax Museum Podcast, and my Twitter is at Wax Museum PC. Okay, so I'm recording this episode a little earlier in the week, which, you know, of course, probably means something big is going to happen in the league or in the hobby, you know, if that happens, so be it. Life goes on. I'm not going to spend time talking about current events today. Instead, before I get going, I want to shout out a couple of good podcasts that I listened to over the weekend. The first of which was uh, the Pack to the Future podcast, where the guys returned for a special Thanksgiving-themed episode where they talked about some of the things that they're thankful for, also talked a little bit about their future plans, Seems like they might be gearing up for a return at the start of the year, so I'll add here that I'm very thankful for that. And then you might remember Ryan, also known as Cards on Instagram. He's been on this show a couple of times. Well, he was a guest on Stacking Slabs this week where he joined Brett for a great conversation about his Nuggets collection. And I should also add that Ryan started up a YouTube channel this week I've kind of tried to get him to do that before because he's got a lot of good longer form stuff on Instagram. So now he's migrating that over to YouTube. So make sure to subscribe to that as well if you liked hearing from him. Anyway, I just wanted to shout those two podcasts out specifically. I think they put out good content this week. And my hope today then is that I can do the same because I've got a pretty fun segment that involves matching basketball cards to NBA games I've attended. I think it's a good cheap way to add personal value to your collection, especially during the holiday season when, you know, funds are often limited. So you'll want to make sure to stay tuned for that. But first, I want to talk about one lone piece of mail. And it's not a huge mail day. It cost me a whopping $13 shipped. And while I could just sit here and tell you about the card, you know, what fun is that? I want to make a little guessing game out of it instead, just like I did on Twitter after I won it. So The clue I originally provided was short and to the point. On November 20th, I tweeted out, bought a fuzzy card on eBay tonight. So for those of you playing along at home, start thinking about what you think that could be. And the first guest I received on Twitter was a 1997-98 Skybox Z-Forced Fast Track. If you've never seen one of those before, Uh, They're bright yellow cards, and then there's a fuzzy material on the front, kind of like a felt-like material that spells out the words Fast Track. And a couple people guessed that one, actually. And while it was a good guess, it was not correct. And similarly, someone guessed the 1997-98 Fleer Ultra Ultrability Superstar set, 
that has that same style of felt texture on the word superstar. And if you haven't seen one of those, make sure to head over to Jake Roy, aka 90s B-Ball Cards Instagram. I know at some point he posted his Penny Hardaway. Maybe it's buried. Maybe he'll uh, bring that back this week so you can see it. Jake, if you're listening, try and do that for us. Uh, That was another great guess, but still not correct. And sticking with this felt texture theme for a moment here, I was a little disappointed that no one guessed the 2012-2013 past and present headband set. That's one that's kind of different. It's got a big headshot of the player, and then the headband itself is textured. Um, There was another past and present set too that they could have guessed, which was the winning touch banner set. Now, I actually like both of those quite a bit. Um, It's too bad they didn't put any Pacers in them. And and before someone says, well, the Pacers didn't win any NBA titles, they have ABA banners. They can put that on there. But uh, even if someone had guessed one of those, they would have been incorrect. Switching gears a little bit, a couple people linked the word fuzzy to a relic, which fits a lot of my PC. Someone guessed one of the holiday sweater cards that Panini used in some of their Hoops releases over the last few years. And yes, even though I do rag on Hoops, truth be told, I do have one of those. I've got a Goga Bataze, and that's from 2019, from the last year that they were actually player-worn. That wasn't a horrible guess. I'm not entirely opposed to owning one of those, but I'm still not correct. Someone else then guessed a Woolly Mammoth Relic card, and, and before you say, you know, what on earth is that? You know, stuff like that does exist. And it sounds like something that might be in Goodwin Champions or Allen and Genter. Um, I do own relics from those sets. Uh, but no Woolly Mammoth relics and then nothing that came in the mail this past week was from those sets. So are you stumped yet? Right? I, I think, you know, I think you probably would be. I know I would be. Um, this is not a, a normal card here. Um, a couple guesses got really close. And while the other guesses all dealt with different textures, these two, these next two guesses decided to focus on athletes that were named Fuzzy instead. And the first person asked if it was Fuzzy Thurston of the Green Bay Packers. I have to confess, I had to look that one up. I don't know, you know, 1960s football all that well. So no, it was not Fuzzy Thurston. The closest guest, however, featured the right player, but the wrong card. So shout out to Rich McKee on Twitter who guessed the 1948 Bowman of Andrew Fuzzy Levain. And now, if you don't know Fuzzy Levain, first off, you know, I didn't know a lot about him either. Um, but Fuzzy was a bit of a New York basketball legend. He was uh, player of the year there in 1943 when he played for St. John's. He then played in the NBL, which came before the NBA, um, then played a year in the NBA as well. And his greatest contributions to the game likely occurred in his four-plus decades as a scout for the New York Knicks. Um, I know if you're thinking, you know, a little more modern players, even though this is dated now, I think he discovered Anthony Mason, right, which was a big part of those 90s Knicks teams. Um, And then in between his time as a player and scout, though, he spent a little time coaching as well. And that segues us, finally, I know, that segues us to the grand reveal. I got a 1961 Essex Meats card that features Fuzzy, as the coach of the St. Louis Hawks. You guys know I love my coach cards. And I have searched high and low for more information on these Essex Meats cards. If you have any info about them, by the way, please let me know. Um, I know it was a one-off regional set. My guess is that it's kind of like the Cons Wieners cards that were packaged with hot dogs in the Cincinnati area. It usually featured Cincinnati teams or 
guys like Jerry West that went to college in the area like West Virginia, right? Now, although um, you know those cons cards seem a lot more rare than these Essex cards, but I still can't find any record of an Essex Meats company. The only thing I found was a small town about two and a half hours from St. Louis called Essex, but the population's only like 400 people. Now, as for the set itself, the checklist has 14 cards, but one of them, Cy Green, is practically impossible to find. No one knows if it was a production error, a late omission, or something else. Um, so, you know, that whole set, it, it, there's a lot of mystery about it. And speaking of Cy Green, as a quick aside here, the Celtics moved up to select him at number two in the 1956 draft because they were absolutely certain the Rochester Royals would pick a gentleman named Bill Russell at number one. Rochester, though, didn't want to wait for him to return from the Olympics in Australia, so the rest is history, and uh, Cy went to Rochester instead. So uh, anyway, Cy Green's 1961 Essex Meets card pretty much never shows up. There is one total copy in PSA's pop report of any grade. So if you've got the other 13 cards in the set, everyone pretty much considers that to be a complete set. Anyway, I hope that was a little more entertaining for you than a normal mail segment. My goal was not only to reveal my new card, but also to educate you on a couple other sets real quick in the process. I will say this though, if you guessed that card, if you guessed Fuzzy Levane, you deserve some kind of a special made-up reward, um, or at least give yourself a pat on the back. All right, before I move into today's main segment, I want to take a moment to remind you how you can support this show. As you guys know, there are costs that go into producing a podcast. One of my goals is to always keep the show itself free. As a result, I've signed up for affiliate programs with eBay and Fanatics. If you'd like to help support the show in this way, go to www waxmuseumpodcast.com. Click whatever store you need to go to, shop as planned, and the show gets a small commission in the process. Once again, that's www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. This is Slick Leonard. You're listening to the Wax Museum Podcast. Boom, baby! Okay, so I kind of stumbled into a project this week that ended up going way further than I intended. And to be honest, it all started when I was poking around some old card files on my computer. I didn't start with any sort of end goal in mind. Some of you have been listening long enough to remember an episode I did where I explored an old hard drive I recovered from 2005, which would have been when I was in high school. That was episode 39, by the way. Go back and listen if you haven't. But um, I looked it up this week, and it's already been three years since that episode aired. That's hard to believe. I guess time really flies, but... One of the folders on that hard drive was called Game Pictures, and then it was divided up by sport, and the basketball folder had three games. Two of them were labeled Magic Pacers, and then the third was labeled Magic Heat, all of them from that 2005 era. And, you know, I like to keep good records of different things, and as I'm looking at this, I thought, you know what, these folders are missing some of the info that should be there. Maybe some info that I'll want to know in the future primarily the dates of the games. Now, years ago, this would have been much harder to do, but anymore, the internet gives us so much information, and a lot of it's pretty easy to access. Uh, It lets us put all the pieces together. So I selected the first of the two Magic Pacers games, which I knew was sometime in the first half of 2005 because uh, it was after the brawl 
but Reggie Miller played in the game. And 0405 was Reggie's last season, so this was also the last time I ever saw him play in person. In retrospect, I now realize that that uh, game date was in the file itself. And uh, this was one of the tricks I uncovered after a lot of hunting this past week. But if you right-click an image and go to Properties and then select the Details tab, it tells you the time and date a picture was taken, which I should have known that. That's pretty common. For example, I'm looking at one now that says February 22nd, 2005 at 9.06 p.m. Uh, that was a picture from the third quarter. So out of ignorance, though, I chose to do this the hard way instead. And uh, I mentioned that picture was from the third quarter. How did I know that? Well, it was a picture of the scoreboard with a minute and 46 left in the third quarter. And it shows that the Pacers were up 77 to 52. And I had a hunch that it was this game from February. So I pulled up the box score on basketball reference. From there, you can select play by play. And I checked the timestamp and that score was accurate for that game. And this will come in handy later on when I'm talking about card images or Getty images that feature any parts of the game clock or the score. So keep that in mind as uh, kind of a tip or a trick for your own personal hunt here if you choose to do that later. Uh, speaking of Getty images, now that I knew the date for sure, I thought, well, you know, it might be a fun trip down memory lane to look at some professional photos from the event because my pictures sucked. They were on one of those old digital cameras. So I pulled the site up and I typed in Pacers Magic February 2005. Uh, just a reminder, make sure to hit the editorial tab when you go there. And after doing that, there were 86 different images from this event. My next thought was, I wonder if any of these images made their way onto a card. And at first, I just went from memory because, you know, some of these cards I've been looking at for 16 or 17 years now. And there was one picture of Reggie Miller in particular that stood out to me. And I didn't think it was from a tops or an upper deck card. Um, and it wouldn't have been Fleer because they had already went under by that point. Um, so that meant it was from a Panini card. So I went a couple places to look at every Panini Reggie Miller card I could. The first place was Com C. I looked at both active and sold listings. And um, the second place I went to was a website called PriceGuide.Cards, which has been very helpful to me lately when it comes to research. I have to thank Jason, who also goes by Cards on Instagram, for telling me about that one. Anyway, lo and behold, this Reggie picture was used on a handful of different cards from low end to high end. It was on a 2017 Revolution insert called Revolutionaries, but no background is showing. And there is a Galactic of that one on eBay, but they're asking like $600. So um, while I would like to own that, I put that in the back of my mind. I'm going to pass on it for now. That's a little steep for me. But um, this same image, there, there was also an instant access on-card autograph where you can see quite a bit of the background. Um, there was a Logo Man, which I'll never get my hands on, although oddly enough, I did have one of the printing plates at one point, but I sold it. And then there were two Immaculate Acetate on-card autos that used this picture. One showing a lot more background than the other. So if you've seen me posting about Reggie Miller autographs over the last week or two, now you know why, right? I'm, I'm hunting those cards specifically. And from there, I basically looked at every 2004 and 2005 Pacers card I could find on Com C, which doesn't take nearly as long as um, it sounds like it would. You just type in 2004 Pacers and sort by oldest and then do the same thing for 2005. 
Uh, make sure to look at active and sold out listings though, because occasionally you'll run into an insert set that isn't for sale at the moment. Um, I found a Jermaine O'Neal UD Portraits card that used a picture from that game. And then later on, when I was looking through Steven Jackson Panini stuff, I realized they used a picture from that game as well, which is pretty cool. And I mentioned ComC there as an excellent research tool, uh, which I use all the time for patches and photo matches and such. This is probably a good as time as any to remind you that this show is brought to you in part by ComC.com, your home for buying, selling, and flipping all types of trading cards. Their consignment marketplace is home to over 28 million cards across all sports, genres, and eras. With the ComC.com account, you can purchase cards from different sellers over time, ship them home together later, or immediately reprice them for sale in the ComC marketplace. For more info, you can check them out on social media under the handle at CheckoutMyCards. Okay, so finding out this Reggie picture was on some newer cards got me really excited about this chase, and I probably went a little overboard from there. This led me down a rabbit hole where I created a list of every game I ever attended. What exactly did that entail? I had to use a little different method for every era. For the late 90s and early 2000s, I had to physically dig out my old programs and tickets if I had them. And unfortunately, I it was mainly programs, and some of those didn't have the exact dates on them because I misplaced the roster inserts. Now, for that 2005-2006 range, I looked at the pictures from my old hard drive, and as I mentioned, those were from an old digital camera, mind you. Obviously, those are pretty much obsolete now. For the late 2000s, I found a small stack of programs and printed tickets, once again. Um, And then around 2010, things got a whole lot easier because smartphones and social media were becoming a lot more mainstream. So once I had Facebook, um, you know, up until a couple years ago at least, I'd post a picture of me at, at just about every game I went to. And then I still have all my cell phone pictures from about 2012 on as well. I feel like there are probably some gaps on my list, but I currently have 32 games I know the dates of for sure, and then two to three more that I'm pretty sure about. And keep in mind, these are only the Pacers games. I'm not working on other teams right now, not the Bobcats, not all those games that I went to, but that's 35 games. And I turned 35 this weekend, so that's one for every year I've been alive. So I I feel like that's pretty good. I hope to keep adding to that. And slowly but surely, I've been going through those 35 games looking for cards that match up with game photos. I've always had an ongoing binder page for these cards, you know, which really only filled the front, maybe a little bit of the back, so not very many of them. But after this past week, I probably have 10 or 15 more I need to add. And most of them can be had for under a buck or two excluding the parallels. I'm obviously not going to go through all 35 games here, but I uploaded a couple videos to my YouTube channel, uh, maybe even a third one by the time this podcast airs, where I run you through the process for a couple of specific games. You'll want to make sure to check that out if you haven't already. A couple people have already reached out showing me cards from games they attended, which is awesome. And uh, one of them was a Patty Mills card, And what made that so special was that this particular collector had flown to Texas from Australia and ended up taking a selfie with Patty before that same game. So now, you know, unbeknownst to him all, you know, these years, now he has yet another fun souvenir for that outing. So you know I love that kind of stuff. If you've got more examples out there, keep them coming. Now, I will say though, I still haven't found a card that 
I'm pictured in the background of. And maybe that's a little bit egotistical, but that's always been one of my hobby bucket list goals. I mean, let's face it. I host a basketball card podcast. I love cards, right? And there was a a, uh, Chronicles Dwayne Washington card a couple months ago that showed the magic crowd and featured section 104. Well, Mrs. Wax Museum and I were in section 103. So we were oh so close. Uh, I am going to keep trying though. And you know what? I We even sometimes we wear bright gold or bright yellow and it makes it a lot easier to pick that out in a crowd. There is one Dwayne Washington picture on Getty that we're pretty visible in. So there is still a slight chance that it might happen because Panini's still releasing all of this stuff. So who knows? Um, I'll tell you what though, the more I do stuff like this, the more I feel like photography is just an underutilized part of card design. And I know I talked about this a little when I had Brian, the sports card photographer on, uh, which I need to get him on again, by the way, but Panini is working. It seems like they're working to manipulate some of these photos into art without realizing in a way the photos themselves are already art and I don't want to be one of those guys that says, you know, back the way it used to be, this used to be better because not everything tops upper deck and Fleer did was great. They made a lot of mistakes in the process as well. But if you go and look at their cards, a lot of the cards even featured a different game photo on the back. So you'd get two game photos on a lot of these cards, whereas Panini, you're lucky to get a game photo on the front that even shows some of the background. So I'm starting to appreciate some of these sets more that use good old-fashioned uncropped game photos, like Hoops, yes, I, I said Hoops, uh, and Donruss, which is you know re- a redundant version of Hoops, and Threads, back when it was a standalone release. I always kind of liked Threads, though, I will say, with the die-cut jerseys and the Dazzle cards. I wish we could bring that product back and not just a Chronicles version. And, you know, wh- who knows? I suppose there are a lot of changes coming in the basketball world, uh, basketball card world, So for all we know, it could happen. I guess only time will tell. All right, well, there you have it. A quick episode this week. I hope I presented some content for you today that feels new and different. I know a lot of you are saving for Christmas gifts now or budgeting for some big PC cards or maybe licking your wounds because you're trying to move some of the stuff you bought in the last couple years. This might give you a cost-effective chase for the time being. Or it might even give you another reason to flip through some of the cards you thought were worthless, those inserts and those base cards, you know, the cards you already have that are sitting there in a box, and that costs you zero dollars to do so. And maybe you've already done an activity like this, and you've found cards from games that you've been to. I'd love to see them. Throw them up in a story post and make sure to mention the show. You can find me on Instagram under the handle at Wax Museum Podcast. I'm also on Twitter under at Wax Museum PC. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to support the show by doing all of your eBay purchasing through the link on my site, which is www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. There's a big eBay logo at the top. Click that, and it should give me a small percentage of whatever you purchase in the 24 hours that follow. Once again, that's www.waxmuseumpodcast.com. In the meantime, if you like the content I'm providing, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcast. Hit up the Podbean site for a link to the merch store. Tag Taco Bell and let them know they can pay me in burritos. And until next time, this 
is the Wax Museum Podcast. 